Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors have the expertise to find exactly what you need and the ethics to do the right thing, even when it's the harder thing. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. And now, please welcome... It's time for the Bradford Files, right now on WEEI.com. Welcome to another edition of the Bradford Files. Today we're going to be talking about what it takes to be a manager in Boston. It's apropos considering the Red Sox have just hired their new manager, John Farrell. Helping us today break this down is former Red Sox infielder Alex Cora. Alex, I'm just curious. What are some of the traits that a manager in Boston really need to prioritize when they accept the job? Well, I think the, the most important thing in a, in a market like that, and uh, and trust me, it, it, it's a market a lot different than, than others. You know, communication is a plus. That's the number one thing. Yeah, you got to have communication from top to bottom. You know, you got to be in sync with the front office, with the media, Although it's hard to believe, and and the fans, but also I think you know communication with the players. You know, it's, it's not an easy place to to perform, but if uh, if you push the right buttons as far as communication, you know, and I lived it. You know, in in '07, you know, uh, between me, Tito, and 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 and, and Petey and Pedroia, you know. Although people were were begging for for Tito to play somebody else, you know, uh, we had the communication and we we stay in the same in the same page and it worked out at the end. The other thing you have to be, you know, you, you, at the same time that you have to to be in sync with all those three parts, you know, at the same time you gotta be your own guy. You know, you can't be trying to be somebody else, somebody that the media wants you to be, or the fans. You know, it, it is. Is 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 something? It's kind of weird, obviously, you know, because uh, for for how much we talk about the media doesn't run the team or the fans, whatever, you know, you still gotta listen a little bit, you know, as far as uh, keeping everybody in the same page in the loop, you know, because it, the, the fans up there are so passionate. But at the same time, you gotta be Tito Francona, you gotta be Bobby Valentine, you gotta be. You know, just to throw a name out there, Joe Torre, you know, in, in New York. you got to be your own self. And at the end, you know, something that is very important, you know, and uh, you, you know you're not going to please everybody, but you gotta be, you got to be honest with yourself as far as winning. You know, you got to do everything possible, you know. Something I learned from Tito, I learned a lot in 07 and in 08, 
But I learned more about Tito in 06 when we didn't make it make make it to the playoffs because he stick with his plan. You know, every day was about winning a game and at the same time trying to get better for the next season. And and that's something I learned about Tito Francona in 06. You know, it, it, all good points. And, you know, it's interesting to me that you bring this up. I mean, 06 was basically the equivalent of what we have now, especially in that last month. It was a little better, but not much. And then you get to the, the, the pinnacle, which was 07. So, and then you you reached pretty good heights in 08. So I think that you were there for a lot of different scenarios. Just from, from where you're sitting and you look at some of the things that happened this year from the outside, and, and we understand that everyone's different, everyone's going to approach it different. But there were certain things that Bobby Valentine did differently than Terry Francona. From the outside, what were some of the things that you saw that said, hey, you know what, this made me appreciate what Terry Francona did and the way that he did it? Well, I wasn't in that clubhouse, but for everything I read, and we talk about it towards the end of the, the season, Rob, you know, communication wasn't, wasn't there. You know, I think, uh, obviously, Bobby has his own style of doing things, you know, and you got to respect that. But at the same time, you know, when you come in into a situation like he did, you know, uh, and obviously everybody talks about what happened in September, uh, the season before, I think, you know, something that, that I'm not saying he should do or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, how, you know, I'm not saying that, that I have the right answer or whatever, but if I was in his shoes, I don't know if he did it, but I would have sit with uh, with the core of that team, you know, the Pedroias, the Ellsbury's, the David Ortiz's, and just make sure everybody was in the same page. And it seems, you know, I was in spring training with the Cardinals, and I went to to Fort Myers and just watching them and, and, and how things were going in spring training, it didn't seem like everybody was in the same page, you know. I'm not here to... to to point fingers at, at Bobby or or his coaching staff or even the players. But in that situation, and I think in most situations, you know, in, in the big leagues, you got to sit with with your core guys and explain them how I'm going to do things, you know. And and, and I think the players would, would like, you know, would love to, to hear his approach, what they were going to do, you know, to, to, to get things in the – better to make things better and i'm not saying i don't know if he did or not but if i was in that situation that was the first thing i would do i saw it in st louis with mike Matheny, and obviously you know he's working out and you know it's a different team but kind of like the same mix you know a lot of veteran guys with a few young guys you know that know how to play the game and uh he's working for them so i think that was the most important thing i don't think you know from from where I'm standing, you know, sitting, and the way I I, I I saw the team, I was reading and listening to people. It didn't seem like that was the case. You know, communi- communication wasn't great. You know, it's it's and I agree with you. I think the communication is an enormous part of managing in Boston. I think it's probably something that wasn't prioritized enough this year. Um, but it, you have a couple specific examples where you lived through, and you can pick whichever one that you want to identify and run with. But you, you were there during the Manny situation. You were during, as you referenced, in that first uh, month of, of 2007 when they're trying to get Pedroia going and you're hitting 400 to, 
to help ease that transition. And also, I remember when you were brought in for Julio Lugo as a defensive replacement at shortstop, which, which was a, a huge leap of faith for, for Terry Francona. If you want to take any of those examples of exactly how Terry Francona managed those and the importance of the communication in those instances in a place like Boston. The, the Pedroia situation was, was by far, you know, the, it really, you know, the way, the way he handled the whole thing, you know, uh, it was amazing, you know. Communication was huge, you know, and uh, he uh, had a few minutes, you know, he, could, he would call me into the office, you know, and, and he'll, he'll tell me, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We got to get this kid going. That's the most important thing. And obviously, you know, it works both ways. You know, you got to have players that, you know, are willing to to sacrifice their 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 ego, their their personal their personal uh, success for the sake of the team. And I under I understood that part. You know, for for us to be a better team, you know, and it didn't look that way in April, but for us to win the World Series, Dustin Pedroia had to be the second baseman, and Alex Cora had to be the utility guy. You know, because that way. I, I could help him out more than being playing an everyday second baseman. But Tito, he will call me into the office after a great game. He'll pat me in the back. He'll tell me, great job. Keep doing what you're doing. But this is the plan, you know. And he started in spring training, Rob. You know, I went into that office, and they mapped everything out. You know, they knew that Petey, you know, he was going to be a good hitter. You know, it, it was going to take him a little bit, a while. Hopefully, you know, it's not as long as, as it happened, you know, but... They were very honest with me. Hey, in the beginning, you're gonna, we're going to get his feet wet. You're going to play a lot, whatever. But little by little, you know, he's going to be the man, and it worked out at the end. You know, it's, it, it's, it's so true. That was a great example of a communication issue. And and, and, and we should point out also, we, we weren't in specific meetings this year, but I think in overall terms, we do know that there are some instances where uh, the media would come to players and without the players having heard from the manager. And that just, you just never heard that in the previous regime. And that kind of leads me to my next question is you, you, you briefly mentioned the media in regards to the importance of the manager being able to handle it, uh, what, what are some examples or, or why is it so important that the manager really has a control on Boston-specific media issues? And uh, I guess we saw a little bit this year, but can, can you, in your time there, what's, what's your take on that? Well, I mean, you guys want information, you know, and, and you guys come from, from different, you know, you guys, you guys want to get, the answer that you guys want sometimes, you know, and you guys come from different ways and ask, you know, the question in different ways, you know, and uh, it doesn't matter of uh, be straight, straightforward, you know. One one thing I always told Peter Gammons, you know, a, a good friend of mine and uh, and a well-respected guy, is like it seems like like Peter never say the wrong thing to the media, you know. He he, you know, if if, if there was an issue, you know, he he will not talk about it out there, you know, he'll say, you know, any time we'll take care of it, you know, about playing time, you know, I always remember, he'll say, hey, you know, everything will take care of it, you know, time will tell, you know, this guy's struggling right now, we got this guy, boom, 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 he'll be fine, but time, time will take care of it, you know, and I always respect that about Tito, you know, he, you know, we had a lot of issues, you know, from the time I was there till 08, you know, and people, 
never found out. You mm-hmm. know, let's be honest. And, and one thing that, that Tito did, you know, hey, he had his leaders in the clubhouse. He let us police each other, you know. But he will never talk about issues like that to the media. And it seems like, you know, that was a big part of what he did. That's that's why, you know, we talk about chemistry and a great atmosphere. But when you're working for a guy like him, that he, you know he got your back and, and nothing is going to go out there. You know, the media is not going to find out. Hey, sometimes you play a little bit harder for those guys. You know, it's it's you, you bring up another good topic, which is the leadership issues. And you had the leaders, and everyone wanted that one leader or those two leaders. And I think we've talked about this before. It's really the the great dynamic is the bunch of leaders, right? I mean, you, you Mike Lowell, Jason Veritek was leading in his way. Pedroia was leading in his way. Ortiz was leading his way. And um, so I'm just also curious about how a manager kind of approaches that leadership dynamic. And I'll give you an example of one of the things that you – I always stood out in regards to your leadership, and it was Eric Gagne. Eric Gagne had a rough time in Boston. You were good friends with him. And he he blew a couple saves, and he didn't talk to the media. And you had kind of made a point, say this is part of the job, part of the responsibility. And in your respect, I think that I think that one time I remember in Cleveland where you failed to get down a key bunt, and when the media walked in, you were standing right in front of your locker, facing straight forward, saying answer the questions. So when players don't do that, obviously the leadership of the team has to come in. So my question is, how does the manager in Boston kind of handle or should handle that? Uh, in in relying on the players to do that. Well, actually, it was a hit and run. It wasn't a bunch. I oh, well. Oh, well, man, you got a good memory. You must have not screwed up too much. <laughs> you know what, Rob? Leadership. You know, I mean, it starts from on top. You know, from top. You know, and uh, although you always talk, you know, people talk about me, Mike Lowe, Pedroia, Jason, but you know. It seems like, like, you know, for me as a utility guy, you know, Tito gave me the confidence, you know, and, 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 and the green light to police people, you know, to, to be a leader in the clubhouse, you know. And, and when you have that backup, you got, you got, you know, your manager making sure, hey, don't be afraid to, to police each other. Don't be afraid to, 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 to teach, you know, these young kids how to play the game, how to approach, you know, a, a, a season and how to do things, you know, you feel comfortable, you know. And uh, as you know, you know, the the good thing about us, you know, we had David that, you know, he's a leader on his own way. You know, you have Mike, me and Mikey, you know, bilingual guys that went to school that we we, we don't like clicks, you know. And uh, as Latinos, you know, we, we didn't. We didn't have groups, you know. We, we weren't the, the Latinos of the Red Sox. We were the Red Sox, you know. And, and But it comes from on top, you know, from top. And they always make sure, you know, to, to back us up, you know. They, they gave us the green light to, to say what we had to say in the clubhouse, you know. If we needed a meeting, we would have it, you know. One perfect example, it was uh, that situation in 08 for the flight to, uh, to Japan. As you remember, we had oh, that issue yeah. about... Yeah. Yeah. You remember that? Oh, well, how could I forget? I still remember, we, me and Mike Lowe, we got in at 7 in the morning for spring training for, you know, to get ready to do our work. And Tito called us into the office. Hey, this is what's going on. Do what you got to do. You know, uh, we're having a little bit of issues here. 
talk to the players, see where we at, and, and let's go from there, you know. But, you know, yeah, everybody gave us credit that we stick together, you know. We did what was right for everybody. But that, 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 that meeting we had early in the morning with the manager, you know, is the one that backs you up, that gives you the, the power and strength to do the things that we were able to do over those years in, in Boston. Mm, that's a good point, and believe me, I'll never forget that because that that put a huge dent in my rental t- car return for that whole morning. <laughs> it, it put everyone on the run, and we almost missed the flight to Tokyo. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But, but uh, you know, and we were talking about managing in Boston, and but you have also obviously played other places, and I'm interested to see you know, the place everyone could, compares Boston with is New York. Having played okay. in New York, what is unique about Boston that might not even be something that that a manager in New York has to go through? Well, you know, my experience in New York, it wasn't it was it wasn't great. You know, we we struggle as a team, you know, and uh as uh as an organization. It seems like we didn't have uh an identity, you know, we struggle, we we made a few, you know, they made a few free agent signings and didn't work out. And uh, the thing about New York, you have two teams, obviously. You got uh, the Yankees and the Mets. And it seems like the, the the media was always very negative about our organization. It seems like this year in Boston, it looked that way. You know, I, I talked to a few of my friends that play there. And uh, I, I, at one point, I was like, man, it, it's turning – a little bit too negative, like, you know, like like the things that I experienced in, in New York. You know, mm. the, the thing with Boston, there's a bonding, you know, with the fans that I didn't see in the other places I play. And people live and die with their team. Not that they don't, you know, the teams, you know, but it, it's very unique, you know, and, and people are very knowledgeable. They know their baseball. They know your struggles. And they know your great games, you know. So that's the part that makes it so unique. And and I can I can explain it, Rob. But it is so special in that sense that at the same time you gotta be very very careful with the way you handle the media, the way you act, the way you talk to the fans, and the way you do things in in the Boston area. Yeah, it's it's. It is a it's, it's a very good point, and and I think that when you lose, it's always negative. But I've always said the the highs in Boston are probably higher than anywhere else, and and we've seen the low is probably lower than anyone else because the reality is that people invest a lot of not only money but a lot of time and passion, and 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 so when things don't go bad, they they get pissed off. So yes, yes, they do, Robin. <laughs> I tell you what. Um, being at home this year, you know, and then watching the whole season from 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 Puerto Rico, you know, watching games on TV and reading whatever, the same is it, it, amazing, you know. And and I didn't know that the Red Sox had so many fans here, you know. And it's the same way, the same passion, the same comments. They live and die with the team. Even yesterday, when the Yankees, you know, lose lost to the to the Tigers. The reaction here was like if the Red Sox were in the in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it's, it's it's hard to understand, but at the same time, it's kind of fun that you know you guys have uh, such a such a great fan base. You know, and they live and die with 
every pitch, not only from the Red Sox, but I think, you know, every pitch in the big leagues. Yeah, you know, and that's why when people talk when they talk about the managerial opening, people say, "Well, why would people want to come here?" I'm just like ridiculous. It's re- absolutely ridiculous. Who still you can have the worst season coming off the worst season, have a roster that's depleted and everything else, but there's a reason pre- people will want to come here for the exact reasons that you had just said, as uh, Nick Punto said, I think when he left here, said from this even this year, he said from seven to ten, there's no better place to play, and I think a a person whether you're playing or managing probably appreciates that but my last question Alex you mentioned briefly that you had spent some time in St. Louis uh, in the St. Louis camp and Mike Matheny was obviously there and got a lot of pub for the inexperience he has as a manager and this I think above everything when you talk about the general conversation about managers this is a lightning rod do you need experience don't you need experience from your time there what was your take on how he approached that situation I'll tell you what, you know, um, he was great. You know, to be honest with you, Rob, I can be mad at them, bitter, you know, and actually I'm pulling for them, to be honest with you. Because although I didn't make the team, you know, they basically cut me, let's be honest, you know, but the way he handled the whole situation, you know, and, and, and telling me why, you know, and, and giving me a chance to, leave, you know, they let me go and because I didn't fit you know, in their plans, and they wanted to give me a shot if I could sign with somebody else. And just the way he treated me, I knew I was an underdog going there, but the way he treated me, you know, he he understands, you know. And I think for him, probably it was a little bit easier than Robin in, in the, with the White Sox because of the, the roster he has, you know, the Yadi Molinas, the – the uh, Carlos Beltrans, you know, veteran guys that had been there before. But at the same time, he was very honest with everybody. He was very honest to the rookies. Mm-hmm. And look look at the guys that are, are contribute, contributing now, you know. Uh, Rosenthal, Kelly, you know, he was very honest. Get here early, learn from the veterans. You never know what can happen during the year. You might contribute. Mm-hmm. But give your veterans the space to do their thing because it's all about them. But at the same time, he was giving the message. He's like, hey, follow the leaders, learn from them, and we're going to be fine. And look where they are, you know. And my utmost respect for Mike Matheny, because uh, although with no experience, you know, the way he handled spring training and obviously just following them during the season, he's been great. And, you know, he's going to be a great one. I'm telling you that. Well, you know, a guy like that, would I if if this ever did happen in Boston, especially with this group and this dynamic, one of the first things walking into camp I would imagine that he has to overcome is immediately getting respect because we saw that was a big problem this year. I mean, this is a guy this year who had a ton of managerial experience and and as the season went on, respect was a, was an issue. So for a guy who hadn't managed before and didn't have experience, I would imagine everyone's eyes are on him to kind of say, hey, you know what, should we respect this guy or shouldn't we? And I'm just curious, when you got to camp, could you see right away that, hey, you know what, this guy is going to command the enough respect, not only from the rookies, but from the veteran players? From day one, Rob, I'm telling you. You know, I've been in some great teams, you know, great camps, whatever. But going into a situation like that and uh, just the way he handled the whole situation, obviously they lost Albert, 
you know, Tony wasn't there, you know, he was a rookie manager, you know, and he had some issues, you know, Bergman was hurt, Carpenter was hurt, and the way he handled the whole thing, you know, it was amazing, you know, it seems like he was, he's, like, he's been there, he was there for like 10 years, you know, it was amazing, you know, he had the pulse of that team since day one, you know, he, he the way he communicated with us, it was amazing, you know, and, uh, you know, it was his team, you know, it was his team from the get-go, you know, which it was hard to believe, you know, because we know the track record of Tony La Russa and what he did with that team coming from a World Series championship, you know, and all of a sudden you go there since day one. It seems like Mike was, has been there, you know, for 10, 15 years, and that was his team. Yeah, well, you know, I think that it, it, that's, this is why, Alex Cora, you should be in the managerial pool right now. And uh, and I want to I want to pass along the petition. I want to get the word out that this is the guy that that teams should be looking at. And you know I think that as you said, there's reasons why that door has opened. Where hey, you know what, Alex Cora, not that far out from the game, but Robin Ventura. You have Mike Matheny. You have other guys being interviewed, Brad Osmus. So this is something that I think Alex, not too distant future, that people are going to recognize it. You know this that you're a legitimate candidate for uh, to lead a team all, for all the reasons you mentioned today. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it. But you know what I, I always said, and uh, that topic has come up. You know, down here back home in Puerto Rico. You know, I you know I will give you know my opportunity. You know, my future. If uh, that little guy in Miami, my brother, he'll get a shot to manage a team. I think. You know, I know I'm biased, but I know he's ready to do it. You know, and. Uh, you know, hopefully Joey can get a chance to manage before I do, you know, if I get a shot, because I think it's going to be a good one. Well, great insight, Alex. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Rob. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors have the expertise to find exactly what you need and the ethics to do the right thing, even when it's the harder thing. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Home to all the jaw-dropping moments. Home to all the best plays in the league. Home to your favorite players from the cities you love. MLB.tv is the home of streaming baseball. Home or away, catch all the MLB action this season with live and on-demand content across all your devices. Enjoy MLB Big Inning, select pregame and postgame coverage, and an expanded library of highlights and content. Never miss a moment of the action with MLB.tv. Stream every game from every team all season long with MLB.tv. Blackout and other restrictions apply. 